Church. Thanks for listening in. We exist as a church to connect people to the heart of God and to a family within the church. And we believe that Jesus is the way. We hope this message blesses you and gives you hope today. All right. Good morning. How is everyone? Y'all doing well? Okay, it is Life Group Lunch Weekend. This is my favorite weekend of the year. Uh, As a pastor, I shouldn't say it, I I like Life Group Lunch Weekend more than Easter. Uh, Easter is a great time to celebrate, but y'all, this is a time where we really become a family as a church. And, you know, we're, we're going through the book of Acts right now. Last, last week we talked about, if you missed it, we talked about the spirit-filled community of the, the church. Where are you headed, Jubilee? <laughs> it's feeling quiet in here. It's feeling less spiritual. <laughs> She's back in. Okay. Um, We we talked about the Holy Spirit, and we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. This week, we're going to talk about the community of faith, and I've got about 12 minutes, and so I asked Jubilee, just stay up with me, you know, stay the whole time, and and it's only going to be about a 12-minute sermon. And so uh, something that I found, something that I found is that often when people get frustrated with church, they're expecting things to happen in the temple that God meant to happen at the table. They're expecting things to happen at the temple that God meant to happen at the table. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this. But what I, what I love about church is what we say it all the time. Church is not just about Sunday. This is temple time. This is the time where we come together, where we worship as a collective. Y'all, this is a spark for your relationship with Christ. But the rocket fuel, like the thing that really propels you in your relationship with Christ, happens in small groups. We're going to see this in the book of Acts. And y'all, we've, we've built our church on this belief. Like we've doubled down. We are all in. That the gospel is not just about my relationship with God. It is about that, but it also takes place within the context of our relationship. If you want to grow in your relationship with Christ, tell me your friends, show me the people around you, and that will dictate how you're going to grow. I love this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, everybody say love. Come on, say love. If we love one another, God abides in us. Think about that. And his love is perfected in us. Not when we pray more, not when we read more, although those things are perfectly uh, necessary. It's when we love each other that Christ comes and rests on us. And so last week we talked about being spirit-filled. This week we're going to talk about the early church as a learning church, a loving church, and a worshiping church. Okay, so let's look at our text for this morning. It's in Acts chapter 2. And we're actually jumping ahead a little bit. I was going to do the gospel message this weekend, but I realized I don't want to do that in a short message. We want to do that in a little bit more of a long form. And so we're, we're jumping ahead about uh, 30 verses. We're going to come back next week and hit the gospel presentation. But go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We're going to go to 47. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay. Here's what it says. It says, all the believers, which believers? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And look what happened. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And which believers? All the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit. They worship together at the temple each day. Y'all, listen, that's a terrible church planning strategy, okay? Like, when, when you're looking at church planning, it's like, pick a, a Sunday morning, not 9 a.m., pick 10 a.m., that's prime time, do that. They, they didn't have any of that. They met daily. Like, they were so hungry for relationship, they met every day at the temple to pray. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Uh, let's pray. We're, we're going to jump into it. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you speak to us through it. God, I pray that you would encourage us this morning. God, that you would lift us up in joy. God, that you'd give us hope for the future. God, we thank you that you're the creator of all things. God, that you breathe life into us. God, you redeemed us through the work of Christ. And now you've invited us together into the church, your body. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Do you still have it? you still have the video? She deleted it out. You still got it? You got it? Okay, I, I want to show you guys a little video. Uh, <laughs> this happened last week. Okay, there is a bird in the green room. Okay, to, just to fill you in, this is the green room. This is one of our worship leaders, Zach, also known as Heber. Look at this man. Look at this man. He caught, yo, come on, you can do better than that. Put your hands together. Zach, stand up, stand up. Take a bow. Come on, guys, put your hands together for Heber. He can play drums, he can sing, he can catch birds. Um, his second bird to catch. We were in the office last week in a meeting and we heard something fluttering around and we're like, what is that? And Heber goes, that there's a bird, all right? A few days later, he was ready when the moment arised. Uh, yo, yo, there's something powerful that happens when people are in a relationship together, right? Like what I loved about that is, and, and yeah, it's a cheesy thing, it's funny, but you're watching somebody do something great and you're cheering them on. Yo, that's what we exist to do as the church, right? And, and something that I've found is that we, we've taken something that's so essential. Yo, being in a small group, listen to me, is an essential part of being a Christian. How do we know this? Christ had a small group. He had 12 disciples that he met with, that he prayed with, that when he was going through things, he, he talked to you all. Listen, if it's important for Christ, it's essential for me. If it's important for Christ, it's essential for me. And so here's my question for you. Who, who is your like small group? Who are your people that you're going through life with? Yo, listen, it doesn't have to be a formal small group. This is a good uh, place to start. But for me, when I got saved, I got baptized by my small group leader. Like I got, I got led to faith by my small group leader. Y'all, there is something so powerful that, that happens in these groups. And, and I believe that, that God has called us as a church to, to have this same hunger and passion that the church did in Acts chapter two. Now, what we're gonna see as we keep going is that like they hit some persecution, okay? Now, God used that persecution. God used those hard times to spread the gospel and to spread the church. But I think what we see here is, is kind of like the essential sauce of what makes the church the church. And so what, what I want to look at is I want to look at three things. Number one, they were a learning church. Everybody say learning. Learning. 
Acts 2, 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I love this. This was not an anti-intellectual church, right? They, they had the filling of the Holy Spirit. God was moving in powerful ways. And what did they do? They hit the books. I love it. They studied. They're learning. Y'all, if you want to grow in your faith, you've got to grow. We always say leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. Y'all, if we want to grow in our faith, we've got to study the word and what God has for us. Y'all, the most powerful small groups I have ever been in are small groups where we learn the word together. We chew, we chew on the word, we go through it. Uh, this week is gonna be amazing. We're gonna be going through Acts together. So as we teach on the weekends, you're gonna have lots of small groups where you can do that. But there's other groups, there's marriage, there's, there's all kinds of different stuff that we're, we're gonna show you. So number one, they were a learning church. Number two, they were a loving church. Everybody say loving. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to fellowship and to the sharing of meals. Yo, I love this. They met at the table. Now, I, I said it earlier. We, we expect to see things in the temple that only happen at the table. What does that mean? How often have you gone to a church and you're like, man, I'm just not connected here, right? Like, I'm just not in relationship here. And I'm telling you, if you do not find a small group, you're not going to find what you're really wanting to get out of church which is intimacy and growth and life change and all that kind of stuff. And here's the truth, y'all. There are weird people in church. I've got weird friends, okay? I've got, I've got people that I've met here that I'm like, dude, you're different. But you know what unites us? It's not our similarities. It's our belief in Christ. Yo, what makes the church the church, we're going to talk about this in coming weeks. It was the first multi-ethnic community on the planet. If you go and study this, people stayed with their own ethnicities. They stayed with their own tribes. But what happened in Antioch is all of a sudden the Christians, what, what was remarkable about them is people from so many different backgrounds came together and, and their uniting was not based on common background, but on faith in Christ. And they loved each other. Yo, I'm telling you, I've watched it. I watched it this summer. We got some of our worship leaders around the table and we just ate. And for like the first five to 10 to 15 minutes, it was a little awkward, okay? Because not everybody knew each other. But what happened is the longer we sat there and the more we talked, I saw it go from kind of an awkward surface level conversation to like true intimacy and knowing happened. And y'all, that can be intimidating, right? Sometimes you're like, I don't, I don't want to be known like that. But I'm telling you, if you are not known, you will not grow. And the goal of Christian fellowship and Christian faith is to grow. This is where community and closeness happens is at the table. And so something I, I had a pastor last summer, I went and went to a round table and every night he said, during the day, it was a retreat. He said, you can do whatever you want to do. But he said, at night, we're going to eat. We're going to meet at the table. We're going to eat good food. And he said, I want you to decide two things. And I, I want y'all to write this down. If you get in a small group, I want you all semester to ask yourself the question, what do I want to take with me from this table? Where's the place I want to grow? And what do I want to leave behind at the table? What's something I want to take with me? What do I want to gain from these people? And what do I want to leave behind? Not touch, maybe shame. False looks at what God has for us. You know, it's interesting if, if you go in and I'm almost out of time, but if you look at the word fellowship, that word fellowship in the Greek is koinonia. And what that word means is common. 
okay? So they came together with a common bond under the Lord. We talked about that, but it's also, interestingly enough, used in the verse where it says that they had everything together in common. And so, y'all, there's this duality to the word koinonia, to fellowship, that we have common relationship with Christ, but listen, we also have generosity. God's called us to generosity, generosity in our finances, but also generosity in our time. Who knows that the one non-renewable resource that you have in life is your time. And y'all, when you invest, when you make that sacrifice, when you're generous, listen, a lot of you guys in here, you're like, listen, I don't need more friends, right? This is not a pitch to be like, hey, do you have no friends? We'll come to church and you'll have friends. The, the, the pitch is, come get around other Christians who believe the same as you, who are going to sharpen you, who are going to push you. Be generous with your time, and I'm telling you, you're going to receive a return on that investment. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. I relate to this a little bit. Uh, he said, don't waste time bothering whether you, are, whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. Y'all, our actions, the same thing with worship, our actions bring our hearts into alignment. So don't wait until you're like, you know what? I just feel like loving people. Y'all jump in, sacrifice, find your place, be generous, and your heart will come into alignment. Okay, so number one, they were a learning church. Y'all, we're gonna learn together, amen? Number two, they were a loving church. Oh, we are gonna love each other and love our world around us. Number three, they were a worshiping church. They were a worshiping church. Y'all, it says, back Acts 2, that that first verse, it says that the believers devoted themselves to prayer. And then it goes and says that they met together at the temple. Y'all, this is not just personal prayer. Here's, Here's what I want you to see. This is corporate prayer. It doesn't say they devoted themselves to the prayer closets, right? Although I love prayer closets, that's great. What it says is they devoted to prayer together. It's in this breadth of what they were doing. And so something that what we're gonna do is like, I'm gonna lead a small group this semester. Fellas, where you at? Yep, every time. 6 a.m. Wednesday mornings, we're gonna pray together. We're gonna devote to prayer. There's some other groups. There's there's a prayer group that's happening on Saturday morning. They're going through a book called The Circle Maker. Help me, The Circle Maker. Anyway, uh, inside joke. Yo, know, this is corporate prayer. This time where they had prayer meetings, they, they broke bread together and they had patterns of worship together. Look, both formal patterns, this is a formal pattern, but they also had informal patterns. Y'all, the best prayer meeting I have ever been to was not at a church, although I've had some great ones. It was in a living room with some friends where we just got together and we banged down the door of heaven and we prayed for each other. We prayed for healing for one another. We, we prayed for provision for one another. We prayed that there was one couple, I don't think they're at this service, they'll be at the next. They were having a hard time conceiving. We prayed together that they would conceive. You know, there are powerful things that happen in those informal settings. When we seek God together, we pray for each other's needs and we, we, we get to walk in the fruit of those things. And so um, what this weekend is, is it's an invitation. This is an invitation to you. Listen, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it, but it's an invitation to jump in to do what Christians have done from the beginning, which is learn together, which is love each other, 
and worship together in the formal setting, in the informal setting. And what I want to tell you is, my challenge to you is if you find your place, if you find something that you can connect in, you will grow in your faith this semester, I promise you. So the question isn't, do I want to be in a life group? But the question is, where do you want to grow? I don't want you to think about like, gosh, do I want to do this? Do I want to commit the time? Ask yourself right now, where do I want to grow? And then go out and look for a group that has something or a place where you can serve and sacrifice that's going to help you grow in your faith with Jesus. Amen. If you do this, I guarantee you will grow spiritually this semester. Amen. Let me pray for you. I want to pray for groups. Then Marius is going to come up. Crazy old Maurice, the German sensation. And uh, he'll tell you some places that you can plug in. So, uh, God, I thank you for everybody that's here in our church. God, we thank you for what you've called us to together. God, I pray that we'd be a church that's growing, God. I pray for every small group leader, God, that, that's, that's going out to their tables right now. God, I pray that you would bless them and God, that you would bless their families. And God, we pray that we would learn this semester. God, we are hungry. We want to know your word. God, we pray that we, we would grow in our love. God, that you would stir us up to loving one another. And God, we just pray that, that we would be what you've called the church to be, which is a worshiping people who exist to bring you glory and fame. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And all God's people said. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. I pray that this message that you just listened to helps you and assists you in your journey with Jesus. And if you want to get connected in our church, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock.